Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm Steven. We like board games. And beer. We decided to pair them. We think you should too. Welcome to Table Hops. So how's it going, buddy? Hey man. So we've been oh, really busy Jesus. going in and out of town. Haven't really had a chance to play any games. Glad everyone came to listen. <laughs> uh, I've played a couple games. Yeah, yeah. So what, what have you played? Um, so I've played... Uh, Cerebria. We talked about yep. that in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to um, play it. It looks super cool. Yeah, Andrew and I played a full game okay. of it. It's great. There's a there's a again, there's a lot of actions, but all the actions combined is what makes it heavy. There's okay. a decent amount of strategy behind not just uh, we played the basic game at Gen Con. The advanced game adds in multiple scoring rounds that you do. So instead of just scoring the objective once and calling it a day. You score the objective multiple times, and there's something like seven objectives oh. to score. So are those ex- ex- um, are those uh, advanced things in an expansion, or are they just part of the base no, game? No, they're just, just part of the base okay, game, yeah. Cool. The expansion we got came with the minifigs, mm-hmm. a third army. That was it. That was like a neutral army, kind of, right? Or yeah. Or something like that, to balance yeah. them out. And yeah. then, I don't remember, are the factions all different? Uh, so there's there's two factions, if you were, okay, right? Okay. Um, th- three with the expansion. But... There's the like the gloom emotions and then the d- happy emotions. Okay, right. Very cool. So it's very cool, very uh, very thematic. Very like once you start thinking about like oh this is actually emotions inside somebody's brain. Okay, right. And this is like they're this gloomy, right? Or they're this greedy. Oh, okay. So it's like their attributes, and you're balancing them up and down. Right. Very exactly. Cool. It's very. It's very interesting. Yeah, I definitely uh, want to check that out. I yeah. especially would like to play those neutral guys. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like right up my alley. Yeah, it's very you. Yeah, it's very you. Um, I played the Die Hard game. Super fun. It plays through the entire movie. So many like you have to be a fan of the movie to like the game. Sure. It's a great gateway game into more complex things because as the levels progress, the rules get more complicated. How long does the game take? We did the whole thing learning how to play it in an hour 15 okay so i so think like i think half the movie yeah yeah i think if we we're if we like if we played it again right now 45 minutes okay uh, gotcha. th- then again we only played head to head okay so when you play as the bad guys there's more of this like secret trying to figure out numbers like thing because you have to like give clues as to what number you're playing but you can't talk about it so we're trying to match numbers but okay. i can't say i'm playing a 10 sure kind okay of thing. so there's gotcha. that when you play two players you blind draw from the top and hope for the best. Uh, yeah. Any How other? does the lockpicking thing work with? So with what? Two? So the way it works is you have three numbers, and you arrange them in order from lowest to highest. The middle number card you take away, and that's the card you use for all your actions. The outer two cards are numbers that you're looking to see if they match on this grid of number cards that you have laid out to um, pick a lock. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you're trying to match, like, patterns of numbers. They don't have to be necessarily next to each other, but they have to be touching in some way. Sure. Um, But it's really cool the way it works. And how many locks do you have to pick? Six throughout it, and then the... uh, the police trip it by cutting the power. They, they trip the seventh right, lock. Yeah. Right. So you, you have to do it. The first lock, or the first three locks are only two cards each. But uh-huh. Then they get longer. Like you have to do a three card, then right, a four card right. one. Um, I found it pretty easy to break all the locks playing just as myself because oh, I'm cool. like, oh, I know what I'm going to play next. Right. right. Uh, there's no guessing, guessing there. It's just the blind draw that you don't know. Have you played that star game, that uh, astrology game yet? The Zodiac Clash? Yeah. No, we have not played that yet. That looks um, so cool. I did read the rule book. It is very Santorini-esque. Okay. Um, so a little bit of area control. Um, 
not as much Santorini where you're actually building up the piece. I don't, have you played Santorini? I, I've seen it digitally. Okay. So yeah. I know you're like building a little building. Yeah. So you're uh, in Santorini, you're trying to get your plastic piece to the top of a building. Okay. And the top of the building is it's three pieces. Yeah. And you can only move up one level at a time. Okay. So there's a little bit of strategy there. In Zodiac Clash, it's a little bit different where you're not actually building up buildings, but you are trying to maintain uh, control over certain houses of of signs okay. right so like the earth signs or the or the fire signs or whatever okay cool. and you win by controlling all of one house oh yeah it's very interesting um i, I forget ne- how long it is right it's not a long game no it's it's 15 minutes okay gotcha. um i think i need to play it to like really understand it yeah but it it looks simple enough yeah uh there, there's not really that much to it i did play into the Black Forest. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, from Green Couch Games. That's the one with the Black Forest ham. That's the Black Forest ham. <laughs> exactly. Um, I really like that game. The playmat is not necessary. Playmat is yeah. is over the top. Into the Black Forest is a trick-taking game okay. uh, where you have one card in the middle of the table mm-hmm. that tells you the rules okay. for the tricks, right? So yeah. instead of having like suits that trump each other, it might be that the lowest card of a certain suit will trump whatever's on this side, right? Okay. So there's four sides to a card. North side is always very, very simple. It's always the high card beats the low card. Okay. That's it. The on the west, e- the east, east. <laughs> on the east side, uh, the east side always is a, it always is based on the south objective. So for instance, it might be match this suit to whatever the winning suit is in the south. Okay. Right? Yep. The south is always a low beats high the opposite of the north one right but it could be based on suit or it could be no it's a, that's it sometimes okay. it's based on suit sometimes it's just low beats high okay all right and then on the west side the west side is a, is a hidden space so all the other spaces one person can put either one card on the east side or one or two cards total on the north and south okay right so it so it like fits so two yes two yes, cards is the same with with as, as one, one card. card yes it's very interesting we played it with four players and i think the only thing i would change is when you when you lose you get your cards back but okay. when you win your cards are discarded okay i think i would change it to where the discards are face down because there's too much like metagaming of like i can see what you have so i know oh i see what you're saying it makes card counting easier okay so i you think, don't think that they did that on purpose no they did it on purpose because you don't like it yeah are they all spread face up, or you just see the top card? They're all yeah, they're all open. Like uh, so, I so can look through your sh- exactly. That's kind of poopy. Yeah. So we we played it just play it face down, and it was much better. Okay, it was much better. Cool. So I played Atelier from AG Games. That was pretty fun. Not that, Altair. Not Altair, which I keep wanting to call it. Uh, I really like the presentation of it. When you open it up, it, the the instruction book looks like a magazine leaflet. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, it when you put it on the table and you stick at all the the um, palettes. palettes and stuff, it looks like the Bob Ross game, but it plays extremely differently. Okay, this it, is more Euroy, right? Well, I don't know what that means. I, not really. No. Okay, I don't think so because there's a lot of interaction in it. And there's a lot of like area control almost because you only get paint from the places that you have the most students at so you're trying to take over these paint piles Uh uh-huh and prevent other people from getting it too and then you're collecting that paint and you're spending it kind of splendor ish to get the paints that are all in this open market in the middle okay 
uh, all your actions are determined by random dice rolls. So, like, you have five dice, or four dice, and you roll them all, and each number is a different action on your list. And okay. you can choose however many you want to spend. So if I can I can do all four actions in my first turn, but then I'm out for the round because I have no dice left. You have, like, a pool of dice. Is there an advantage to using them all in your first? If you roll exceptionally good, because your pool doesn't stay. When it comes back to you, you re-roll your oh, remaining dice. okay. So you're, you never really know exactly what you're going to be able to do on your turn, which makes planning ahead a little difficult. Like, you can hope you're going to roll a certain number, but... Right. Yeah. But you can have, like, a general strategy that yeah, you're going yeah. for, yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, there's a lot going on with it. It's... Like I said, the only thing I'm... Maybe I need to play it more, but it's hard to, like, plan ahead and have a really good strategy when your actions are determined by dice rolls. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's with anything with dice, though. Yeah. Um, the uh, There are these little inspiration tokens you can use to change your dice and stuff, so there's that. It, like, adds one or subtracts one? No, you re-roll. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. And you have to re-roll everything. You can't, like, choose what to re-roll. So. Could you use that... Like, could you take an action and then re-roll? Yeah, but you'll only re-roll what's left in your right. not-used pool. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You could, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are ways. It's cool. I think it just takes practice, or I'm missing something. <laughs> but yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, what else? And that's two to four, right? That is two to four, yeah. And it plays in about 45 minutes. It's not, it's not it's not heavy by any means. Uh, what else did I play? Oh, Fairy Season. Fairy Season is actually really fun. Yeah? Uh, it's a trick-taking game, very similar to Black Forest. Sounds like these the suits are the season, so there's spring, summer, winter, and fall. Right. And they trump each other, and then nothing beats winter. Gotcha. Um, there are trap cards, and there's goblin cards that do little effects, and then there's these like super crazy... Uh, there's four like super fairy cards in the deck that just take over. So it's, it's pretty fun. Um, that's yeah. from good games publishing. Yeah. We actually met those guys at Gen Con. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were cool from Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had showed up and still had a bunch of jet lag. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, but yeah, those have been my games. Pretty fun. Quick little games. I have a beer thing, Chris. Ooh, I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. So you were there with me. Um, okay. when we found this, but we talked about this months ago. Okay. Months ago where gigantic beer company, out of Washington, okay, was releasing Hellboy series of beers. Oh yeah, that's right. We did find those. Yeah. <laughs> so we found we found two of the six. Um, there are four more. So there's they they're releasing every seven weeks. So there's two more still to be released. Okay. So so we got the middle two. We got two and three. We got uh, Liz and John John Johan Cross. Okay. So Liz is a chocolate mole stout destined to light a fire in you. <laughs> Experience the decadently sweet caramel malt and chocolate that slowly transitions to the heat of a myriad of peppers. Mm. So that's number two of six of the series. Okay. And then the Johan Cross is a citrus wit. Uh, enter the seance and experience the spirit come to life in the beguiling form of fresh citrus peels and German mandarina hops. Ooh. Uh, so that's number three. Both of those, are you ready for it? I'm ready. Have an ABV of 6.66. Oh, damn it. Of course they do. <laughs> um, the The next one that I, that I want to get or try to get is the Abe Sapien one. Okay. And that's a really, quote, unique beer that is supposed to be a uh, a yuzu sour like a cranberry okay. yuzu sour yeah. yeah that's a weird fruit yeah yeah so the last two have yet to be released hellboy was number one but that's yeah probably gone. gone by now so yeah cool man yeah we went to d9 last week that was cool yeah 
I like that place. Where else did we go? We went to Ass Clown briefly. You you were able to check. Mm-hmm. I was not. What was my favorite? Heist. I think Heist was my favorite one. Heist Brewing. I think that was. Oh, I guess we went there and Noda. Yeah. Yeah. Both those had good beer. Yeah. Heist is better, I think, experience-wise. I think I like Noda's selections of beers a little bit That's better. Mm-hmm. But Heist is definitely the better, like, experience-wise one. My favorite one beer of the trip was the D9's Brown Sugar Brown Cow. That that brown's awesome. I love yeah. that one so much. Yeah, that was good. So we today have some special interview clips from our various interviews at Gen Con. Yeah, dude. So that was a fun trip. We're, yeah. we're finally getting through all of our footage, all of our audio recordings. There's a lot. Like, you don't realize how much until you put it all on your computer and your computer says, nope, yeah. no more space. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, we have almost eight hours of video footage. That's nuts. Everyone comes sit down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're, we're going through all that slowly. But this will be a compilation of audio interviews that we did. Some of them are interviews. Some of them are playthroughs. Right. Um, good mix a, of stuff. Yeah, a very good mix of stuff. So we have Eric from Sky Kingdom Games, and he's talking to us about Isopherian Guard. Yeah, so Isopherian Guard is a new game from Sky Kingdom Games coming to Kickstarter in September. The really big thing with them, it's a, it's a story-driven game yep. for one to two players. Yep. And it focuses on solo mode. Absolutely. Which, which I'm all about. Yeah. But the the big thing, which I think gravitated both, and, and we'll talk about us here, is they have fully professionally voice-acted everything about it yeah the, the super mu- cool the music's really really well done in there um it's very sim- cinematic experience yeah exactly let's listen overview of the game yeah yes. read it? yeah okay so one or two player narrative-based adventure main mechanic is bag building and you are exploring across this vast map um when you hit a node you're moving across the map like this every time you hit a node you have a chance to have a event happen. This could okay. be combat, this could be a side quest you're listening to. Once you hit any of these larger areas where they have scrolls, a separate mini-map is open oh, cool. that you can explore. Like Silni here, the capital. That'll open up, then you'll explore nodes on that map. Oh. When you're in the smaller areas, when you get to nodes, there's no combat, but there could be narrative triggers. Well, you'll listen to the story, and then there could be combat. Okay. So, more exploration, combat. This is where the main bulk of the story happens. I see. These mini-maps. And it's all audio recordings? So, yes. It's, you can do both. Okay. So, if you grab the rule books there, yep. you'll have both the narrative written for you, okay. and then you'll be able to listen to it with a companion app called Foreteller. And nice. that's where you heard me say it was completely voice acted with a musical score. That's amazing. For example, let's say number one was a wolf. Yep. I'll place the enemy card on here. Ah. And this is just for the demo yeah. here. There'll be like an index with okay. enters where you can find things quick. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, very cool. Because there's going to be a lot of enemies yeah, in the game. Sure. So you want to be able to find things quickly, but for the demo. Oh. So all the locations are going to have board, like individual boards like this? Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. So the strategic part is the enemies have semi-smart AI. They will act based on your stats or what you did on the last turn. Okay. They also have special abilities indicated by this flame on the top right. Okay. Here's why that's interesting. I've got eight cards. Two of them are special. Some of my abilities trigger off when they use those special abilities. So I'm okay. ca- I'm card counting. I'm seeing where their deck is 
when I want to use my ability. So let's kind of play this out. Beginning of the game, Grigory has basic stats. The chips in the bag, is this the main one? You can see he's got sword and shields in here. Okay. These numbers determine how many chips are in my bag to start okay. the game. So it's like a probability. Got three attack and one sword. That means four of these are in my bag. Okay. Two defense, two shields. Four shields are in my bag. Gotcha. You see he's got a skill tree over there. Oh, cool. To start the game, his first node is unlocked by default. That's an extra sword chip. Yeah. So I've got now five swords and four shields to start the game. Really quick, really easy. Okay. So to start, I take a look at his action cubes. I have two of them. That means I can draw two chips from the bag. So go ahead and do that. Okay. See what you get. What do I get? What do I get? Alright, I have a sword. Two right. swords. Two swords. Two okay. swords. Okay. Critical strike. Yeah. Okay, got you. So, two attack plus three, you're hitting for five. Oh, right. And he only has four health. That's right. Ah. Immediately. Yeah, down. that's good to know. So you can see, you defeated him, you flip him over. This card tells you what you get from the battle. So the loot is also yep. uh, chips. All right, yep. cool. Draw one. Draw one. So you get a four, uh, you'll get a wolf belt. Okay. Oh, cool. So okay. you'll grab cool. a wolf belt, you'll put it in his satchel. He'll be gathering enemy drops throughout the game. Once you get to a city like this, you'll find blacksmiths. So you can combine these things to craft equipment for oh, him. Oh, cool. There's a whole crafting uh, mechanic in the game, and these are where you get to modify his stats. You'll notice you only get a certain amount of chips in his bag. Once he runs out, he can't do any actions, and your turn is over. Okay. Now, to refill it, you just have to wait until your next turn. Or, at any time during the game, you can pay one health to refill his bag. Oh, okay. And here's the reason why that's important. You can only refill the bag normally if it's empty. But the enemies can add chips to your bag. Oh. So they can add no negative status effects. Yes. Bad things. So for example, a wolf, if he had gone, adds a fear token to the target's bag. Oh. So here's fear. This would go now in my character's bag. So there's a chance I'll draw that. Exactly oh. right. When you're playing co-op, the other player may have an ability that can cleanse chips from my bag. Oh, cool. Oh. So yeah. there's all kinds of supportive things that can happen. Sure. So you've got six slots here. Okay. Later in the game, you'll get different basic abilities and different speaking stones. You'll customize exactly which ones you have equipped. Okay. So got based it. on the battle, based on where you're at, right. you will absolutely equip the type of playstyle that you want. There's four campaigns in the game. Okay. You can oh, play wow. all solo or all co-op. How long does the campaign take? Um, four campaigns. We're aiming towards like 40, 50 hours right now. Okay. So That's they're pretty vast. The magic of this game is it's a storytelling game. It's yeah. a narrative. Yeah. So we've combined forces with a company called Foreteller. The whole thing is completely voice acted and with a musical score. This is like Skyrim level wow. uh, composition. And I wanted, I'm more of a video gamer before I became a board gamer. Sure. Okay. I wanted to bring that immersive experience of music and sure. hearing the characters' voices right. while I play. Yeah. The app will actually have functionality to prompt you. So you'll scan it in the rule book. It'll oh, come no up way. In the app yeah. It'll play. And then it's like a choose your own adventure. So you'll get at the end of a narrative and it'll give you branching choices. Yeah. Depending on your choices, you'll go down different paths, the story will change. Different okay. equipment, different enemies, different endings. Uh, the land of Telios has seven countries, this is one of seven countries. So we're going to go all the way across That's the awesome. continent telling the story.
I, that's really high quality voice acting and, and the music. And, and it's the music, fantastic. yeah. I like we that. wanted a lot. to really have a that amazing. Is, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Big it's, fan of that. It's game changing. Yeah. Literally, it's game changing. Yeah. I wanted something that was not done. Something yeah. right. that. Wow, when they listen to it. So I've got um, Julie Elvin, who sang on World of Warcraft's theme. She does the main theme for this game. Oh, wow. The kit, you'll, when I launch the Kickstarter September 10th, you'll hear the theme uh, for the main video she'll be singing on. Oh, that's awesome. And it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's beautiful. She did a wonderful job. So, and so what happens on, on this map? Okay. We, yeah. So... That scenario you were just listening to yep. will be over, and it will say, place a narrative token on Silni. Okay. That tells you where the next world event is. Okay. But it's the game is open world, so you can go wherever you want. Okay. You don't even have to go to the narrative. Yeah. So you can go to different nodes, you can fight, you can craft, but this is where the next main thing happens. Sure. Now, within these mini-maps, nothing will happen unless there's a token. So the first like intro is somewhat linear. It's kind of taking you through the opening, sure. teaching you the combat. Yeah. Once you hit the King's Keep, that event is kind of it's branching okay. and it'll send you in two different directions. Oh. The, we'll get a show it on the Kickstarter anyway. But the first scenario, um, you end up talking to the king, and uh, there's this lady named Temnoda that's kind of corrupting his mind. Okay, so like a worm kind of figure. Yeah, so okay. you can kind of confront her directly or you can choose to privately talk to the king. How so, many different enemies? Um, in the core game there's around 50. Um, and I assume arts and yeah, planned <laughs> expansions it sounds like. If we stretch into it it's all going to be cool. Oh I see. Okay, Very gotcha. cool. Core game you get it all. Yeah. I don't like that right. $45 here and oh, I see. it's not right. going to do it. Right. <laughs> Single price here it is. That's right. I'm hoping for 69 for the core Okay. and I'm hoping, depending on the quote, yeah. and I'm hoping for 100 for the all-in. Okay. So the all-in will be the core, the foreteller experience, yeah. and then a play mat of the main map. Okay. No, not a whole bunch of add-ons and all that stuff. And then we're going to stretch into bonus content. Yeah. The stuff that we're going to stretch into is going to expand the world. So not giving too much yeah, away. Yeah, right, right, right. But you can notice empty areas yeah, and spots. That's what I was... So we're going to. I mean, all of that requires a ton of art and yeah. maps and the foreteller. Yeah. voice actors and the music and I, it's very ambitious it's bigger than anything we've ever done yeah. right. really but we wanted this to be almost like a cinematic experience right an yeah. audio experience and that is a huge add-on is the yeah. the app that's very cool it is so if it doesn't the app doesn't come with a base game you can purchase it separately or that's correct okay what would you be willing to spend on an experience like this with 80 hours of narration sure um and trying to find out and gauge what is that worth um i think it's worth a decent amount for an experience like that. Um, I think it's going to be around like 15 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say pretty, 20. Yeah, I was going to say, say yeah. 20 as well. So, I mean, we'll see where they land. Um, They're doing Gloomhaven. No oh, really? The whole thing. So, Gloomhaven and this are their two flagship titles for the platform. And then our team is actually adding the musical score for this. And we're bringing in a composer. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Board game composers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. With the equipment crafting, one thing you'll notice, remember we were just drawing chips in the bag? Yes. It seems kind of, uh, usually I get the feedback of, it's kind of linear and it's random. I just draw chips and I just have to do what the bag tells me to do. Right. So we knew that going and we're like, what can we do to give you more control over the system, be able to manipulate the fuel essentially for your ability? Right. So what we did is, one, you've got your option of speaking stones. Yeah. Two, the equipment, and you probably saw some of the descriptions there, 
will give you the option to do different things. So for example, Wolf Tooth Ring negates one token, or one chip. So say I face an enemy and they add poison to my bag. I draw it, I negate, negate it immediately it. to the ring. I and is that a, that. that's a, like an expendable? That's an, that is an accessory. Yes, it oh. happens one per game, okay. or one per round. Okay. Um, the Goat Skull Mask here. I can mulligan one chip per turn. I could start redrawing different things. Right. And then you've got your your other player that's playing with you will give you supporting options to draw different things and stuff like that. So, yeah. And we're working on exactly how much you're going to be able to carry. Right. Usually it's going to be like one set and then five of like every drop. Okay. And you have to share it between both characters because you'll sure. only be able to carry so much. Right, yeah. But yeah, you'll be able to carry sets with you, like re-equip yourself at like a camp. You can like drop a camp somewhere and okay. change your equipment. You know a certain battle's coming up, you could change your strategy. Oh, okay. Certain armor might be better against a specific enemy or a weapon. Who's the? Uh, you, you said in the one player. If like you play it one player, you're yep. playing both characters. You're playing both characters. So you can see this. These two boards are for Grigory. Yep. And then these two boards, and you can see their themes. So we're gonna have like different places. You're in the grasslands or snow or the city. Okay. Very um, cool. And then that will be for your other character there. Every miniature in the game, um, besides Grigory, is a dual skull pose. Okay. So there's uh, eight total uh, guards in the game, so there's going to be uh, four skulls. Right. And he might end up dual, depending on what we decide to do with him. Sure. And the bases will all be terrain like that as well. That's awesome. They're paired because they follow an exact storyline oh. to the two characters. Okay. So you will be hearing that, those actual characters talk. So the four campaigns has the characters split. Exactly I right. See. Okay. So, and you'll discover, as you hear the story, you'll find out why they split. Okay. So that first scenario you were listening to, they just ambushed a group of soldiers here, and now Grigory feels it's his duty to go report that to the king and tell them what happened. So now the party kind of gets separated and they're going oh, back. Very cool. So. Now, we're actually looking for feedback. One thing we could be changing is, um, I wanted to go no dice. Sure. And all chips, which is why you're drawing a chip to see what you what enemy you fight or what scenario right. happens. I got a couple team members that are like, just use the D6 <laughs> and be done with it. Uh, I think the chips are cooler. I think it's cool. I think it's kind of, it sticks with the theme, yeah. it's bag yeah. building. Yes, it adds an extra bag, but it's just a little it's different. So, is there any way to manipulate the six dice, six things in the bag? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Because no. that would differentiate it from just a D6. Maybe you could increase your odds by adding another six. Sure. Or something sure. like that. Okay, yeah. That's possible. Yeah. That's possible. Um, one thing we were thinking if we use a D6 or if we added a sixth chip is that the six allows you to choose which one you get. Oh, So if cool. I get the six, I choose what enemy or side quest I get from that note. Nice. We Very might cool. do that, giving you more control. And you mentioned multiple endings for each campaign, so it's kind of replayable. Like, you kind of want to... Yeah, so the four the four campaigns are going to have branching paths. The final destination okay. will be the same. But it, you might have different items depending on how you... Yeah, different bosses, different enemies, different areas that you'll go to will all be completely different. And then, of course, besides the four campaigns, we do have bonus content planned, DC Dungeon, different uh, exploration, different crafting. And then, of course, this is just one country out of seven. Wow. So just depends on how far we want to go so we've got a lot of plans for it um, but obviously it will depend on how it funds what is this like this whole Norse kind of theme is where you want to 
you're just inspired well, by that, or this type of theming is actually specific to the country. Ah, very so every cool. country has their own look and feel. So the Isofarians have this type of like Nordic Viking, you know, sure. up in the cold country. Yeah, each one's different. Like Ophir down here is like desert. No oh, man. Okay. Over. Bellman, which is the country that keeps attacking them, they're more like um, like Roman military okay. regal. Sure. Um, and then you've got Koros over here. This is like a trading center for the entire continent, and you'll have merchants. Yeah. And then, do you drink beer? I don't. Okay. No. We need to we need a pair of beer with this. Oh. Yeah. So probably a mead. I'm thinking cool. of mead. Yeah, that, that's a good match. That's yeah. Good match. Very cool. Nordic. All right, Eric, thank you for your time. That's that was really Thanks cool. Absolutely. Appreciate you, bud. Our next interview is with Rachel from Resonum Games, and she's showing us Mechanica. Yeah, we played Mechanica. We talked about this in the last episode as well. Uh, Mechanica is fantastic. It's coming. It had its Kickstarter earlier this year and coming out later this fall. Can't wait. How's your convent so far? Pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been really fun. Um, Mechanica's been getting really good reception, which is super nice. Yeah. Um, especially since we're not actually selling copies here, we're just doing pre-orders, right. which is always kind of hard. Yeah. But people have been really nice about it, which is always really cool. When is it coming out? November is our shipping date. Okay. That's the hope. Um, there's a lot of, as you can see, moving parts to this. We want to get it just right sure. before we ship it out. All right, so do you guys know anything about it yet? Or? I just know it's like a robot engine building, yeah, right? basically evil Roombas. We're making evil Roombas. Yes. That's all, you need to know. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> we all had some, the same weird fever dream where we were like, our Roombas are going to kill us. And we were like, ah, that would make a creepy, weird concept yeah. for a game. Let's do it. So Mechanica is the first all-AI-run company. You are both going to be playing as human employees who have been hired to help Mechanica improve their efficiency in producing these adorable and not scary at all tiny bots. They're here to help society clean up their messes because we're a very dirty community. Right. So that's what you're going to be making. In front of you, you have your factory floor that you are in charge of. On the left side, you have a fabricator zone where tiny bots will be fabricated into existence. The middle part of the board is where you can put improvements to help upgrade and duplicate your tiny bots. And the right side is where the trucks will store your tiny bots to ship them out to the masses. Tiny Roombas. It's like that Doctor Who episode. With the yeah, a little yeah, bit. Alright, so, our workday starts by pressing our Mondo's button. I'm going to put him over here. Okay. He is our robot foreman, if you will. When his button gets pressed, all of our factories run at once. Okay. So we're going to start the game by doing that. We're going to go scoop, and all of our factories are going to run. To run your factories, you take any tiny bots in your factory and move them to the next available hole on the factory line. Your factories are pretty boring right now, so you're going to take them from your fabricator zone and into your truck. And then you're all going to take your individual turn, starting with the player on our monitor's left. Now it is your turn, sir. Okay, so I start by selling, selling my bot, so I don't want this guy no more. He goes in here. Yep. And then I get two, two monies. monies. I got it. And then I'm going to purchase the upgrader. Alright, good choice. So that's that costs five. five. So here's my five. I put it just in the bank. And I take the puzzle piece yep. and I put it where I want. Wherever you want. I'll put it right at the your beginning. Is your domain. There it goes. Wonderful. I love how they are puzzle pieces. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool yeah, physicality. Tactile to it. in this game. Yeah, one of the reasons production takes so long is that puzzle piece manufacturing is a lot harder than we thought. Oh, so yeah? it took us months just to get them to fit together. Oh which wow. Is something I didn't even think about. When you're making an actual puzzle, it's like one giant die cut that cuts out the whole puzzle at sure. once. Yes. So these 
puzzle pieces only fit to one other puzzle piece. And so if there's a little bit of wibble, they're always going to fit to each other because they were cut from the same blade. Right. These all have to fit to each other. Oh. And any sort of drift and they don't fit together. Right. So we learned a lot in that process, That's which nuts. is kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. So this is the gift wrapper. Whenever a bot passes through, you're going to get $1 for your vault. Oh. Vault money is money you cannot use to buy things, but it's stored at the end of the game. Oh. Cool. So if you can find a way to route a bunch of bots through the gift wrapper, it can actually be pretty lucrative. Okay. Yeah. You might not be able to buy these, but at any point on your turn, you can always buy forks for one and truck improvements for three or five. So big trucks have two holes, huge trucks have three holes. Huge trucks. Yeah. And one of the reasons you might want truck upgrades is sometimes you do want to hold on to your bots instead of selling them. Okay. You can always sell your bots for their face value, or if you happen to have the right color bots in your trucks at the same time, Mechanica is always looking to make new improvements and new types of robots for humanity, so instead you can turn them in for blueprints. Blueprints oh. will give you slightly more than their market value, but it goes in your vaults. Okay. So instead of, normally this would be a converted cost of eight, this sure. would be 15 money for your vaults. Okay. Right? So you don't take the card, you just put 15 yeah. in there? You put 15 in there, and if you were to make this blueprint, we turn it sideways. You then have the opportunity to make it once we get back to Armando, it goes away and we pull out a new one. Oh, cool. So you kind of have to be, it encourages flexible strategies, right. flexible factories, right. so that you can always make different colors, you're not just always okay. putting up purples all the time. Right. With the puzzle placement, does yes. it have to be legally puzzly? Yes, or, it does have so to be. So I could legal. not do that? Correct. And you could not do that? Correct. Have, okay. Yes. But other than that, like, legally puzzly. You could do, <laughs> you could do that, right? Yes, that's, you absolutely That's okay? Can. Yes, okay. as long as they're not on top of each other. Right, right. It's totally fine. And now we're back to Armando. Start our work day by pressing the button. Boop! And run your factories. Let me know if you need any help. I'm making an engine. You got I'm it. Going you got to it going. You. Alright, so I have seven. So the vault is for like scoring at the end. Yes. Does, does your wallet money not count? Your wallet money counts, your vault money counts, and every machine has a little number right there. Okay. And that's that's it for points. You have nothing to sell. I have nothing to sell, <laughs> I got no money. I have two dollars. That's not enough. <laughs> so I can just chill. Chill. You can just chill. I'll just chill. What if somehow you end up with a convoluted mess like it goes through two gift wrappers? That's fine. It just passes through. I've seen it. people have three or four gift wrappers. Okay. Yeah. But then like getting... you can't double wrap. Like it's not gonna I mean, <laughs> yes, you could. You put a box inside of a box? Yeah. Yeah, you could. One All does right. the gift wrapping, one doesn't blow. Oh. oh. But it just it won't be it won't blow up. It won't be illegal. It just no. keeps keeps, keeps traveling. Up. When does this come out? Um, hopefully November. November. Um, okay. We're taking pre-orders right now for $45. Gotcha. Alright, now we're back to you. The game ends when all the tiles are out of here and off the board. I can only buy, can I buy multiple upgrades? You absolutely can. As many forks, trucks, and upgrades as you can afford. Okay. You have the money, you have the power. Okay, so I'm going to buy... $2. <laughs> I'm going to buy a big truck. <laughs> no power. No power for you. And then I'm going to buy the duplicator for four. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Alright, so now we're back to Armando. Boop. I like Armando. <laughs> we actually have Armando pins. What? You do? Yeah, we do. <laughs> That's right, awesome. So this goes like this. So I know this is like a two-player version of it, but in a multiplayer version, with this, is this the first player marker, basically? Yep, pretty much, yep. You knock over my bolt. And you're going to put 15. I'll get you the fancy dollars. What? Fancy dollars? Oh, wow. That goes in your vault. <laughs> your vault sucks. I... I have two dollars, so no. I feel like you've never had money this whole game. Uh, it's all in the, it's in the box. It's in the box. Exactly, kind of high twos winning, which is what I like. My but favorite. But we're allowed to like. You're allowed to see, yeah. Okay. But I think it's fun to have a secret reveal. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, my favorite is when you have a bunch of gift wrappers and you've been slowly accumulating ones and no one's really been paying attention. You open it and there's just a mountain of ones that's that falls pretty out. Sweet. It's pretty, it's pretty fun. cool. Okay. Where are you put it? You got oh, a lot going on. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm, I've done confused myself. You can also flip it. It's double-sided. Wow! 
That's so unexpected. Yeah. Did I mention the ART folks? I don't remember. No. Alright, so this game also comes with a paired AR app. It's not necessary if you don't like phones at your table, that's fine. But if you don't want to learn what all these different complicated improvements do from the booklet, we also have an AR app where you hold the phone up to the improvement and it does a little animation of what happens when that's going Do you have a demonstration of that? <laughs> wow, that's adorable. So if you want to see the AR. Dude, you gotta take a cool picture of that. Oh, that's sweet. I like it. We're getting this AR for free. We're just advertising for them, so we didn't cool. have the ability to make no, I get very it. high demands. But it's really cool, I that think, especially really cool. if you're a visual learner, because some of these are more complicated. Yeah. It's just really nice to see. What does the uh, my, what does the flipper do? The flipper? Does it show it yet? No. I really want to see what that. <laughs> Whoa! There it goes. Goodbye. So it's showing you that <laughs> if it goes right through. You yeah, get yeah. Money, and if you fling it. I like that. He looks very happy to be thrown. <laughs> All right. I'm Check pretty sure you want. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'll sell it because I'm going to sell that for thirty. Oh God. Yeah. 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 Spank you. Spank Mechanica. Yeah. All right. We like it a lot. Big I'm fan. So, That's so awesome. Glad. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so wait, no, this is just an idea that came with y'all had Roombas and you're like, hey, what if they were evil? Yeah, That's so good. Much. Yeah. I mean, my boss Max right here had this idea for this play in the box rotating shop idea for a really that, long time. That yeah, I like that a lot. He had that for a little, really long time. We were wondering what we could do with, do with that. It? And it just the like. I guess we kind of come up with mechanics before theme sure. at Resident. I don't know why, that's just kind of But once you start moving the gears and stuff, yeah, it just like, makes sense to go. Yeah, we're like, this very mechanical, yeah. and then we kind of went like, like, we didn't want to make something that was dark and heavy and gritty, Sure. but we also didn't want to yeah. make, make something super cartoony, so yeah. we kind right. of combined them and made kind of a subversive yeah. cutesy game. If you read through the rule book, there's a lot of like, the most vulnerable part of the human is the Achilles heel, and we had like perfect height <laughs> for that. That's good, that's There's awesome. a lot of cute little things like that where it's subversive, but it looks very appealing and cutesy. Right, yeah, it looks very Jetsons-y. Yeah, the, the artwork. Yes, yeah. And then like, um, what was it? I like how you can like make yours as simple as convoluted as you want. Exactly. So different gamers play exactly. different ways. Yeah, right. absolutely. So our last question, very important. Yes. Are you a beer drinker? I absolutely have. All right, so we pair board games and beer. What would we pair with? Oh my Mechanica. God. I'm thinking bots to the yard. Bots, bots to the yard. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's gonna be absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I love it so much. Yeah. This is wonderful. Well, awesome. Thank you so thank much. You. Of course, it was really it's nice to meet both of you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your time, and feel free to email yeah. me or stop. We've got City of the Big Shoulders from Parallel Games. Uh, we spoke with Raymond, uh, who was showing us the game, giving us a brief overview about it, and had the best beer recommendation of the whole trip. Yeah. Be sure to check it out. City of the Big Shoulders is a heavy economic worker placement resource management game with a unique 18xx stock market mechanic. Game. So it plays two to four players, two and a half hours. It's meant to be an accessible bridge to 18xx. Uh, weight, weight wise, it's uh, less heavy than a Vital of Cerda game, right? So the Galarist or the Spower, it's less heavy than that. But it's more heavy than something uh, like Terraforming Mars or Terra Mystica, but only slightly. Okay. Right? So um, the big new thing that's going to be new to most gamers is the idea behind the shares and how the, the, the shares in the companies work. So you come to Chicago as an entrepreneur and an investor. All you have is a dream, an idea to build the next great company and $175 in your wallet. So the game takes place over five rounds or decades. Each decade consists of five phases. 
The first phase is the stock phase in which you're going to be buying and selling stock in companies. Okay. At the start of the game, you're going to start a company and you're going to own 30% of it. Okay. Over the course of the game, you're going to be buying and selling stock in a bunch of different companies. Okay. In the second phase is a building phase in which you're going to be placing out uh, worker placement spaces on the board that you own, but that oh. anyone can use. Okay. Um, so during that phase, you're going to have three of these in your hand. You're going to choose one to place face down in your player area, one to remove from the game entirely, and one you might want to hold on to. Okay. This means the game, the map of the game, essentially develops completely differently every single time you play. Okay. How are you? Um, these spaces also become workers, workers uh, action spaces that um, you can use to help improve and build your company. Okay. Um, the next phase is the worker placement phase. So. Um, and this phase, you're going to be trying to hire workers uh, so that you can turn resources into goods. Okay. You're going to be hiring salespeople so that your goods sell for more. Managers, which give you special powers to help you manage your factories better. Um, you can acquire capital assets, which are also another form of special powers. Um, do marketing efforts to increase your churn order. Um, you get first chance at resources and first chance at selling during the operating phase. Um, and you're just going to be basically going around the table until everybody is out of partners to place. Okay. Um, every time you, uh, this is a game of gaps. Okay. So every time, anything that you do in this game helps your opponents in some way. Okay. For example, I'm the green player, but I can go here to yellow. And if I do, I'm going to get a manager. My company has to pay 20 bucks for it, but I'm paying you, yellow player, for the right to do gotcha. that option. Okay, I like that. So we'll, we'll go around with the work yeah. placement phase until yeah. everybody's out of dudes, then we do an operating phase. So Brunswick here needs two brown cubes and a blue cube in order to turn that into um, into two goods. So he's going to purchase, uh, he's going to use this special power, this capital asset here. He'll tap that to get two brown cubes from Main Market Square. And then he needs to purchase this blue cube for $10. He does that, turns them in, gets two resources, and then his manager triggers. That's useful because he needs brown, so he's just gonna take this brown right back. Okay. Then he's gonna sell his market demand. These cubes sell for $80 each. Okay. So he sells for 80, 160, and then because he filled the card, he gets a $50 bonus to his run. Oh, okay, so that's cool. $21. You, as the majority shareholder, own three shares, so he's going to pay you out $21 three times. I get paid once because I have one share. I get $21. You have two shares, so you get $42. And then Brunswick stock price improves because he sold so he did so well. Sure. And he yeah. paid the shareholders. That gives you more money. So in the next stock round, you can buy more stock and start more companies to make more money, to buy more stock, to make more companies until the end of the game. Then you keep going, When yeah. the stock prices are way up here, yeah. you sell out to the bank, you retire, whoever has the most money wins. Nice. Like 45 per player, 45 minutes. 45 minutes per player. So it's uh, it's about the same um, timeline for uh, same number of players. Uh, okay. Same number of players. Okay. So about two and a half hours for four players. Oh, okay. And about maybe two hours for two. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and two to four. That's two it. Two to four. Is it. <laughs> okay. And then over the course of the game, the demand in, improves and gets better and better. And there's more and more demand, wow. so more and more things that you can sell. However, at the end of the game, you'll notice the year. We're getting ready to head into the Great Depression. If you sell too many goods and the market bottoms out, suddenly you'll have to you'll be limited in the amount of goods you sell, and anything left over you'll have to sell overseas for half price. Oh yeah! Wow, that's a lot. That's pretty cool. Wonderful. This is wonderful. Thank you, man. No wonder why it took three years. Yeah. <laughs>
So what kind of what brought on the inspiration to, to do oh, 18XX? I'm glad you asked. So, um, so I'm I'm a I love 18XX games, sure, yeah. but uh, I spent at least like three years of my gaming career ignoring them because we'd have a group in our in our gaming group that would constantly be playing XX games. Okay. And I'd wander by and he'd be like, "Oh, that looks interesting. What is that?" And they'd be like, oh, you know, it's it's this game about trains and economics. And I'm like, oh, I like economic games. How long does it take to play? And they're like, about six hours. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> today. I'm out. It takes today. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Um, and I think that turns off a lot of people from being able oh, to play yeah. it. Oh, right? yeah, sure, sure. Um, so we wanted to compress that experience down into one area. Yeah. The second is um, I'm a big fan of Arkwright. I really like Arkwright. So there's a lot of Arkwright influence in this game. Okay. Um, and then the third thing, and most important to me, is I'm a big fan of turn of the century American literature, oh, okay. uh, particularly American poetry. And one of my all-time favorite poets is Carl Sandburg, who wrote a love letter to Chicago called Chicago. Okay. And it starts hog butcher for the world, toolmaker, stacker of wheat, player with railroads and nation straight handling. That's Stormy, awesome. husky, brawling, city of the big shoulders. And so, so his love letter to the city became our love letter to the city. Right. And everything that we, we really wanted to do right by that poem and right by Carl and really take all of his influence and put it into this game. Well, I think he achieved it because it looks awesome. Going to have retail availability or? Yeah, so we're trying to get into retail distribution right now. We're talking okay. to a few different distributors. Yeah. Um, it's unavailable outside of Europe for retail distribution. Unless, really? Unless retailers specifically come to us. Okay. However, if you're in Europe, yeah. you can uh, go to your uh, your local game store and tell them you want Chicago 1875 by Quinnet Games. Chicago Quinnet, 1875. Yeah, so okay. Quinnet owns okay. uh, the rights to Europe for the next six years and they're helping us get retail distribution. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, and hopefully that will help us improve demand here. What was the reasoning for splitting up the name? Um, I think that it was Quinted uh, won a shorter Quinted wanted a shorter title okay. because the European market uh, is not a fan of long names for names. Okay. Huh. Interesting. What's the uh, expansion? So the expansion adds five new companies to the game. So the base game comes with ten uh, ten companies. The expansion adds five new companies, and they're all wacky. They all have like special rules attached to them. Okay. It's just a little, a little more bit advanced. Extra fun. A little bit more advanced. Um, it also includes a component upgrade. Upgrades the paper money of the base game to card money. So if okay. you think like stockpile, I'll just give it a. Oh yeah, yeah. There. Got some ASMR going right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there, get, pick that up. <laughs> And then um, also uh, uh, the punch board tokens get upgraded to, car uh, to wooden tokens. Wooden tokens, these guys. Yes. So it upgrades everything from your base game. Yes. All right, cool. As well. What are the stars for? So the stars are your starting appeal, okay. um, which represents the inherent demand for that particular type of product that you're creating. Okay. And then over the course of the game, you can improve your demand and or improve your appeal, the appeal of your goods, um, by performing marketing actions and as you do that you can gain additional bonuses people join your team okay you're able to get better deals yeah so this is a this is a tougher what we do beer and board game pairings do you, oh. or do you drink beer at all oh yeah what beer would you pair with this one? Oh, i'm gonna go with Armageddon three philosophers oh good that's call a good one. that is a good that's one that's a good one yeah yeah, yeah. nice that's and a good beer and you could drink that for two and a half hours yes i could drink that for two and a half hours i could easily drink for two and a half hours and still be okay at the end yeah as long I as you're sipping it. but that's right. a yeah. sipping beer yeah. that is very is, much a sipping is, beer that yeah. is not i'm pounding it yeah. you know well you had the best beer choice of the day so far so <laughs> congratulations everyone else is just taking ours we've we've got deep water games we spoke with l over there uh we talked to them about Claim and Realm of Sands, uh, both newer titles for them. Uh, Realm of Sands is coming out 
sometime this year mm-hmm. and claim uh the cl- first one's out first second, one's out second one comes out this Com- fall I believe. comes out this fall as well yeah. q4 i believe Woohoo! awesome how's your show been uh it's been excellent that's great <laughs> it's good to hear yeah busy excellent yeah those are all good things yeah Yeah, absolutely so would you mind uh introducing yourself to me yeah so you know a little bit about yeah yeah so we run table hops um Uh we do uh video podcast and written reviews um but we pair them with beer all right. Yeah. We're talking about like yeah. good, good enough. Uh-huh. So just like pairing, you know, wine and cheese, but it's uh-huh. beer yeah. boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we do the Kickstarter promos and yes. stuff. So yeah. All right, stuff, so. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so Realm of Sand and Claim are going to be two of our newest titles, okay. along with the spring expansion for Welcome Two. Okay. We have Claim One, which is going to be a two-player trick-taking game. Okay. And then we're putting out Claim Two later this year. Okay. Uh, Claim Two is again a standalone two-player trick-taking game. Okay. But you can also combine the two uh, of them and turn it into a three or four player game. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. yeah, that's cool. With most trick taking games, uh, sure. you have suits, but you don't have like hearts and diamonds and spades. Right, right. You have different fantasy races. Because in this game, the king has died, and we are both fighting for claim of the throne okay. by winning more votes in the five different factions. Okay. So, like in claim one, uh, you have five different fantasy races, and they're all going to interact with each other and have like kind of individual rules for them. Uh, for example, uh, knights are always going to trump goblins. Doppelgangers can follow any suit because they're basically wild cards in this fantasy universe. And then another exciting thing that we're going to be doing with the Claim franchise is we're actually sister companies with a comic publisher now, Source Point Press. And uh, we are working with Source Point Press and the artist from Claim. We're going to be doing a four-part comic series. Oh, that's neat. That's so cool. We're really big believers that there are a lot of board gamers that would be comic readers yeah. if they just found the right one and sure. vice versa. Person, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I like yeah, that. so just like little flavorful mechanics that are going to fit the fantasy universe sure, that it's sure. taking place in. Yeah. And then claim two as different factions that are added. Yeah, so like now you get like dragons and orcs and stuff like that. So nice. you get different ones. And you can also like yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, like, you have a lot of uh, modular options with this because even with Claim 2, like I said, you can combine them to do a three to four player game. But so long as the factions have, uh, so so long as they have the same amount of cards in that faction, okay. you can swap any faction out with another one. Uh, so, for example, if dragons in Claim 2 have the same card count as uh, the undead in Claim 1, you could swap that out. So, again, super modular, super customizable. That's it's cool. kind of getting to the point now where we're almost considering it an, a living card game. Uh, Claim 2 is going to come out later this year, late okay. September to early October-ish, okay. in time for the holidays. Yeah, Realm of Sand is our other newest one. Realm of Sand is like kind of like the polar opposite of Claim. Claim is our new most affordable title at $15. Okay. Uh, Realm of Sand is one of our newer, heavier titles. Okay. That one runs $40. Okay. It takes place in the same universe as Mystery of the Temple. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, so in this one you were playing as the same characters you're playing as the queen's personal court of mages in this one as well realm of sand is basically a splendor and patchwork had a fantasy made yes you'll notice in the center there's the community part of cart pot of cards that we're all working towards uh, but you'll also notice the patchwork elements coming in here right away so what's
what's happening here is the realm of sand, as far as lore goes, the realm of sand is the origin of all magic in this universe. Okay. And for some reason, that magic is disappearing. We don't huh. know why. Okay. So Her Majesty has gone to the realm of sand to figure it out, and we are going to work with her to fix things. Okay. So every single turn, Her Majesty is going to march forward one through the realm of sand, and she's going to light up the three runes in front of her. And the active player is going to go ahead and pick one of those and place it on their board wherever they okay. want. Okay. And then right away, they'll go ahead and just replace it with these singular tiles. Uh, but what you're trying to do with these tiles is recreate the patterns that you see in the center of the board. When you recreate a pattern, you can trade those resources in. Uh, getting that card is going to earn you victory points. And kind of like with Splendor, this is also your engine builder. Uh, you're going to get the resources and benefits that are listed below. And that's what's going to allow players to start taking on the more complex designs that uh, would be incredibly difficult through these tiles, if not impossible. Right. Because you'll even notice on some of the highest scoring cards, some of them require these yellow and blue spots that don't exist on these uh, tiles here. You can only receive them through building things. Okay. And you can see right here, these are the buildings and the parts of our nation that have started disappearing as magic disappears. What we're doing right here is channeling basically the magic from the realm of sand to bring back the parts of our country that have dissipated into the ether. Uh, so you've got engine buildings, spatial puzzles going on, a rondel board, which is like just kind of popular right now for sure. Uh, yeah, this one's one of my personal favorites. Another thing that I love about this game, the end game condition. You'll notice in the corner of some of these cards is an hourglass and numbers. That's what triggers the end game. I believe the rule book itself says when one player hits 12 hourglasses collectively, finish the round and the game is over. But you as a table can decide any number. So if you only have 25 minutes to spare, you might bump that down to eight. If you want to sit here and like really beef up and get those like snowball engines rolling, you might go, no, everybody, we're here for a couple hours. We're playing to 20 hourglasses. Let's go. So you have like this really cool customizable ability of how long you're going to be at the table on average. Yeah. Wonderful. It is two to four, and then there is uh, in the back of the rule book, there's a solo player race against the clock holder's instruction set. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are, there, are there just four different boards? Uh, there are uh, six different boards. Okay. Uh, they're dual sided. On okay. one side, all of them are exactly the same. Okay. okay. Gotcha. On the other side, it's asymmetrical. Okay. Each player will have a different ability and also a different starting layout. Okay. The better the ability, the more complex that starting layout is typically going to be. Uh, so the ability, the way that you would be able to use those, you'll notice every single board has two of these spots right here. Okay. At the beginning of the game, you can't use your ability. Oh, okay. But when you go ahead and build a card and it included a resource on one of these spaces, your ability activates and now you can use it at any given time. So you'll keep recharging and using and recharging and using your ability throughout the game. Yeah, Sovereign Skies is going to Kickstarter next month. It's going back in September. Uh, we just signed Seven Summits. So we're super excited about that. Yeah, like Quantry has been like one of my artist crushes for a 
long time, yeah. like especially with Overlight last year and everything. And I'm just like, <laughs> so the fact that we're putting out something with Quanchise art is like giving me a little like yeah. boner for That's sure. Awesome. Um, and then like I've been wanting to work with Daryl for a long time too. Uh, so yeah, like that was that was our real big like hurrah, yay. Yeah. Well, and the, all the walking dicks, man. Yeah. Yep. For sure. I, I agree. I love the winter wonderland one the most. Yeah, I like the fallout one, I think is my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, if not just for theme alone. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Thank I you like, for your time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, Great. it's my pleasure. Next we talked to Todd from AEG Games and we talked about Artillier, Captain is Dead, the third expansion, Cat Lady Deluxe, and the War Test expansion. One one quick thing about AEG. Uh -huh. They surprisingly had the busiest booth yeah. this year. Yeah. Like between them and USAopoly, easily the busiest booth. Sure. And it's considered a, uh, this is an impressionist painting because okay. it's a set collection. Set collection. Okay. Yeah. Some paintings have a star at the top. These are considered masterpieces. Okay. When a player has three masterpieces, that triggers the end of the game. Okay. Normal paintings, non-masterpiece paintings will not trigger the end of the game and they usually give less points, but they also have sure. ongoing abilities that happen okay. every, oh, okay, every round. Cool. Sure. Uh, so there's a little benefit to those. So cool. you can try to decide, am I gonna go just for the big paintings or am I gonna go for, um, you know, the a bunch of the smaller ones that are easier to complete? Okay. Because okay. it can be surprisingly hard to get two of the same color given how many people are manipulating sure. where the students are. Yeah, I see. Like there's also patrons, which are represented by patrons. They give you secret scoring. So, for instance, oh. he gives you VP based on your number of uh, impressionist paintings. So you okay. get one for one, three for two, six for three, sure. etc. Because they want specific okay. paintings. Nice. Uh, one neat thing was the developer of the game uh, got a hold of four major museums around the country and got access to their gallery. So all of this is actual wow. art no from the 19th century. Cool. We have Van Gogh, Renoir. There are uh, several. Wow, many fantastic. big artists are all in there. Awesome. Um, so yeah, and of course your player cards are your palettes and mm -hmm. it's really neat. How do the uh, the dice factor into it? So the dice are what determine the actions you can take. And then the inspiration tokens, if you have a die that you don't want to use, you just turn it in for an inspiration token. The inspiration tokens have some special uses. For one inspiration token, you can re-roll your dice okay. for that turn. For two inspiration tokens, you can just paint a painting. It's like if you, oh, if you okay. don't have the five, you can just turn it two inspiration oh, tokens. I see, I see. Okay. And then three, you turn in three inspiration tokens to draw another patron card, which would give you more secret scoring okay. abilities. And that's basically the way the game plays. I like the palettes. They look awesome. Yeah, they do. Like, it's got good table presence. Yeah, it's got yeah, really good. It sure does. And the fact that you're using like actual artwork from a museum, that's that's huge. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, so, did you have? Uh, have you, you're familiar with t Tiny Tones? I think you. Have you played it before? Yeah, I've, I've played it at a smaller event. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna demo it probably tomorrow. Okay, it's great. Good, it's good. I went over there today, but it looks like it's taking butt. It's hopping. It's been great. Yeah. It came out earlier this year and on the spring. It's been doing phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, so I was uh, I was hoping to find a, a war chest expansion, but I guess that's not in that the won't be yet. out until uh, October of this year. Oh, but it is happening. It is happening. Okay. It's called War Chest Nobility. It okay. has four new chips. Okay. And those are, as the title implies, nobles oh. like the duke, the bishop, people. Okay. Like that. Cool. So they don't have as many immediate like military uses, but they have effects that affect the, the oh, okay. whole board broadly. Yeah, because I think and there's only two that did that in the base game to yeah. like move the other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, and the way it looks looks like it, it'll fit in the base box. 
Yes. yes. Oh, okay. You can get all those chips in there. And it comes with actually with a new little deck of cards called Royal Decree. Okay. The Royal Decree, you shuffle them all up and then you deal out three of them for the whole game. You just put three of them face up. Yeah. And then each player can use one of those actions once per game. Like So like I can use this one and you can use it. And I can use this one and you can use it. Okay. And when I choose to use it is what's the strategic thing. Okay. Because oh, cool. there could be one, and I don't remember what it's called, like a Fog of War or something. Sure. But basically, like, you know, if you move a chip, it, you have to move and then attack. Sure. So if you move a chip adjacent to get ready to attack, they could kill you before you get to do anything. Sure. So it's dangerous. Well, Fog of War, once per game, I can use it. I can move, and then I can't be targeted until my uh, next action. Okay, yeah. And then that gives me just that hit, that uh, one moment okay. yeah. of safety. Then I can hit the other. Gotcha. Chip. Very cool. That, so that, um, that's exciting. Little things like that. Yeah. So uh, it's really neat. It's going to be a neat expansion. Yeah. You said October. October. Okay. And also in October we've got the uh, or actually September we've got the Cat Lady uh, Premium Edition coming. Oh, yeah. tell us more. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it, it okay. So it comes in a little tin that's shaped like the cat from the cover. Yep. Uh, okay. It has all the cards. It has some new stray cat cards. It has upgraded um, tokens, so they actually look like little milk carton and little oh, tuna nice. can and That's things cool. like that. Yeah. And uh, it has the make your own cat cards. So it's a blank cat card, and then it comes with sticker sheets so that you can sticker up a cat that looks like yours. <laughs> That's great. Write their name on it and give them an ability and put them That's in the awesome. game. We went to the uh, the board game night at PAX Unplugged. Uh, yeah. uh -huh. and, uh, Played it there. We got really heated. Yeah, because we're like, we're, <laughs> waiting, we're waiting to play, I think, War Test or something, and I'm like, yeah. well, let's try Cat Lady. Why not? And cat we're like, we got we got yeah. we got heated into it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, how's that darkness so, doing? Fantastic. Yeah. It's um we're actually going back to Kickstarter with it in oh, a really? months. Yeah, we were gonna go retail, but then when we really sat down and analyzed the cost and MSRP that we were gonna end up with it, we realized there's not many stores that are gonna stock this in any amount to make it worth the effort. Yeah. yeah, so we're just gonna go straight back to Kickstarter with it. We're gonna have another um another expansion for it. Okay. Uh, so it'll be the second expansion gotcha. that's available, but you can get all the old content again when it returns. Awesome. So, Very cool. So yeah, we'll be having that. Um, we have the third Captain is Dead out now. Yes. So uh, tell which, me more about so that. So you played the first one? I played the first one only. I haven't played okay. the, the expansion So the game. second one was a little bit more of a stealth game. You're trying okay. to escape the alien prison. Right. Um, the third one is very different. So the third one has a smaller board because you're just on a shuttlecraft. Okay. You're coming down to a planet surface. And then you have these tiles that make tunnel systems. And they can branch off and make different things. And you're exploring those tunnels trying to find alien relics. You need right. to get a certain amount of relics in order to win. Okay. But from the end of the tunnels, bugs are spawned and running up the tunnels. So <laughs> it's a tower, great. it's got a bit of tower, tower defense, defense because if the bugs hit your shuttlecraft four times, you lose the game and they right. destroy it. Wow. And you run. Dude, and, I'm going to have to check that out. Oh, yeah. it even has little little like things you can build for like little turrets and little shield walls to oh, try no to hold way. them. Oh, man. Because like the shield wall sure. will like block like the next six that run into it right. and then okay. it runs out of power. Oh, wow. And like the turret will just keep shooting them. Uh -oh. But eventually enough of them are going to spawn that they're going to overrun it even wow. if they get shooting. Right. Because okay. uh, well, we'll we have our big game night games. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Point Salad, Curios, Joaquin Burano. We'll have those out tomorrow sure. uh, in the booth because they're coming out tonight. Yeah. And we'll have those for sale too. Those are going to be, we're real excited about those. Everybody's been excited about Point Salad. I heard Point Salad is really good. It's yeah. really good. Curios, I think, is going to be the dark horse though. Really? Curios is a really fantastic deduction game. Okay. Um, it's got a really simple system, but it's a lot of fun. And people who play it are like, yeah, that's the one I want. <laughs> so, oh, cool. Uh, but they're both really good. And, of course, Joaquin Burano hasn't gotten as much exposure. Right. But once people see it on the table, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. it's um, eye catching. That's what I've noticed about both of these 
titles is they're they're very they have a lot of table presence, like you said. Like oh, I walk yeah. by, I'm like, oh, I want to know what this is. Right. That's so. what we've been trying. We've been trying to put out fewer games, but make them put more into them. Sure. You know, make them a little better. Sure. Um, one interesting thing too is that Sunday, if you're able to come back, our whole booth is going to be dedicated to a game that's coming out at Essen. We're going to be demoing Ecos. It's a new John Clare game uh, that'll be out. We'll have all the tables running it. So I want to make sure everybody comes back by and take some pictures. Yeah, yeah. And it won't be out until until then. Yeah. So the so the big thing with with us, right? So we 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 pair board games with beer. Right. Okay. Kind of mm-hmm. like pairing wine and cheese together. Yeah. Right. So if you had to pick a beer. Our captain is dead. Oh, yeah. Boy. That's a tough um, one. I know. I know. So I'm trying to think, because this would almost go for wine. Yeah. Yeah, beer, almost. You know? Yeah. Um, That's probably going to be the game plan. Right, right. I'm trying to think what I would pair with captain is dead. It'd have to be some kind of wrong ale. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, That's a yeah. good idea. That's... So we made a video of the base game where we're dressed up like Star Trek characters. Oh, no, and we yeah. made it like a ship oh, out of... Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's us. And then we... Uh, so we're that's, we're going to have to do that one. Yeah. It's bugs. a blast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm tra- I don't know what the equivalent would be for, for, for that sort of thing. But... Yeah, we'll find it. We'll find one. Awesome. We will get the bug juice. juice. Oh, the bug, bug juice. juice. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. You're on. Yes, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. So, hey. Todd, thank you for your time. Appreciate thank- it. Before my um, adventures into Dice Throne, I got to talk to Arthur from Mad Bear Games, and he had his prototype of a game that the code name right now is Crystals of Power. And it was neat to talk to him about the process and his rule changes throughout the con. And uh, yeah, so let's give it a listen. Uh, awesome. We have it, uh, Crystals of Power. Crystals of Power. Yeah, that, that is certainly a working name. Sure. <laughs> anyway, I'll give you a, a, a quick walkthrough of, of how the game plays. Okay. And uh, then I will also explain to you what things we've already identified to make changes to. Okay. So the current prototype has certain things in it that in the convention, in conversations that I've had, we've already decided on some things that we're oh. going to make adjustments to. Well, that's cool. So it's been very uh, like a good positive uh, experience as far as getting feedback okay. and being able to tweak the game. Because when we're coming in here, one of the things that I um, that I knew I was trying to do was compress certain aspects of the game to speed up the tempo. Okay. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> we identified a few of those areas to do so. The premise of the game is that we have two competing armies. Uh, of four units that we're going to control. You can play up to four players on the mat and uh, you are randomly drawing who your army is going to be and then you're going to make a decision of which of those units to use in the game. So you will be given uh, an option of six units to start the game to make a decision Okay. and I'll let you know how you would make your decision based on the mechanics of the game. So what you're going to do in the game is these little spaces that are on the board, 25 squares, are uh, colored gems. Okay. And these colored gems are going to fill in the board, and dynamically it's going to change as we play. Oh, okay. Uh, so if you're familiar with any kind of gem puzzler game like uh, Bejeweled or anything okay, like sure, that, yeah, yeah. you're making colored matches, and then the board refills as you clear those off. Right. Same premise in the sense that when you make pairings of, of gems here, you remove them, and then you will act with gravity, pull the gems down, refill the board. Which so way it's constantly down, changing down, down Player. Yeah, so you'll so pull gems to you. Yeah. Oh, okay, So cool. the board, if you play against one another, the board is just pull and tug. Okay. If we play side by side, the board is now changing at 90 uh, degree angles. A little bit, little bit more uh, complex, sure. so you cannot predict the board as easily because right. it's shifting right. left to right. And most so people are not going to see how the board moves. So in the current game state, when you make pairings on the board, 
uh, you would collect these gems and place them on the side. You're going to okay. collect a, a gem token, you would place it on it to show that you have a red gem. Okay. The colors then match on certain units. So this one has a red gem on it, which means he could accept red gems to power up their abilities. Uh, the ones that do not have it would not be able to use it. So when you're squad building your units, you can go for symmetry, uh, where you have matching colors, or coverage, where you're trying to cover to make sure you always have options. Okay. So there's benefits to both. Obviously, if each one of your units has a red token, um, when you get a red token, you can apply it anywhere. Is it spent? Yes. So okay. you, would, you would move it to, uh, transfer it to that unit to uh, where you're trying to generate at least that many number of gems. Oh, so there's okay. there's varying power levels. Like he only requires three blue gems and then he can activate a heal ability. Okay. Where he has to activate seven gems, but he has three options. To Any combination those. of those three colors. Correct. Oh, interesting. So yep. that was the initial uh, design and it works. Um, there, in that phase, it, it, it tends to draw a little longer before you get activations going. Right. So if you have many units that have like five, six, or seven crystals, it could take you two or three rounds before you start really getting into the intricate gameplay. Right. So one of the conversations we had were, let's just go ahead and remove the power totals. So you don't, you're not acquiring a number of, of crystals. Instead, you're literally going to try and match all of the crystals that are on here. Oh, well, okay. So you would there'd be pattern matching. He may have three blue gems, which means he needs three blue gems on him to activate. So the uh, that paradigm change in that means that we're going to go to colored tokens to represent the, the gems. So when you get a red gem right now, they are just um, power tokens. Okay. So if you were to get this gem, you would have a red gem. Since you can only apply to a monster with a red unit, you would just place this on him. It's not representative of a color, just that he has a, he's been crystal powered up by one crystal. I see. And he's trying to get six. The new rendition will be, he needs to have a specific red token, a specific green token, then the purple token, then he powers up. I see. So you're trying okay. to get three instead of whatever the number is, but that means that we're all trying to get matches so if, if i have a red and a green on him you know i'm looking for the purple you may take the purple off the board to okay. stop me to not let me use his ability sure so it speeds up the sense that now you just need three matches to activate somebody and you get three actions in a round so if you've got the right focus you can activate a monster each round okay the second aspect of the game was after you drew your four monsters to use your units you would discard two right so you'd be left with four um, we would shuffle these up randomly place them down you would flip over the first one and he would get upgraded to his counterpart in the blue sleeve which is level two. Oh, interesting and then you would have a general which would be upgraded to a level three so it's like an evolution kind of correct standpoint. so uh, one of the questions we were asked by uh, one of the publishers were, what if you gave a mid-game option to upgrade the monsters? Yeah. So I said, that's actually a pretty smart and fun idea. Right. And we had a conversation and we said, you know what, I think what I would do and I would test it is when you activate a unit for the first time, use their ability, then you pull their unit level two and then they upgrade to level two. And when they match their second se series, then they would become a level oh, three. Oh, okay. So you would get two upgrade potentials out of each unit, right. which would mean that even in late game, if you were stuck with just this level one person, you could trigger level two, trigger level three, because they get much more powerful. Right. That um, late game, you could still be in the game and not just be overwhelmed. Right. So, so you wouldn't have the up. runaway effect. Yeah, right. so you get that catch up because you could just get this, if I could just get him upgraded, maybe right. I can defeat your last two level ones, right? So, so just to make sure I understood that correctly, yeah. if I activated Brock, yeah. then not only would I be able to use his ability, he would instantly jump to level yeah. two? So then he would, yeah, so he would, 
you finish out the round, take the gems off of him, and then we place him back in as a level two a unit. Okay. So then you would, you know, now as an opponent, you would see I've just upgraded him. You might try to take him down before I'm able to activate him a second time because the abilities actually get. So all the level one abilities either have like a static ability or a choice. When he upgrades to a next event a level, it's an and. So now it's not a choice, you're getting a, a bonus ability. Oh. And then when you finally get to level three, he gets three activations. Okay. So okay. They, they get much more um, damaging as you get further in. They get more um, health totals, um, and so they, should, they get harder to activate. So two of the things we're gonna think about is, a level one will, act, will uh, upgrade with one activation, a level two with two activations. Okay. So that it's okay. not just the, so once you've activated the same person three times, you're gonna then have a level three. Oh, I see. So, you know, the first one level is one easy, one, activate, yep. cool. He's now a level two. Then you'll have to have two activation tokens on him, then you can upgrade him to his level three. I and see. each one of these decks has every one of the black characters in the, their piles here. Okay. And then the second thing is we can eliminate one of these piles because they'll be two-sided. Oh. So, yeah. oh. So smart. you will then bring in a level two, and when he upgrades, you can pull him out, him out, flip him. He's level yeah. three. Okay. Um, and then that cuts forty-one cards out of our deck. So smart. That very smart saves a lot. Um, so that would give us uh, that ability. Definitely some playtesting options. Sure. To see which becomes more viable and more fun. I'll show you the game in its current state, and then knowing that what you can see from version two of this playtest, okay. there's other things that will change, which are going to change the game dynamically. But um, I think it'll speed up. So whatever sure. you feel. In pace, in pace and tempo here, it's going to be faster. It's going to be faster. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, we've played, just me and my wife in the current state, we play our current games in under 30 minutes. Okay. Um, I think it can go 20. Okay, I once think, you really start understanding yeah, the I mechanics. Think, exactly. And, and, and with the changes I think we make, I think you'll be in the 15 to 20. Okay. And I think the runaway aspect becomes less important because in a 15 to 20 minute game, if it's a blowout, you just play again. You just play again. Just play again. You didn't invest 45 minutes right, right. In, a, in a game that just dragged on for 20. And if you're the, losing, you're out. Yeah, with yeah. the way the board, what, what you told me about yeah. the board moving, I'd feel like, oh, now I want to play again because now I kind of get it. You exactly. Know? As you, like, an initial playthrough is very simple. Um, and it's, you don't understand the intricacies of how things are shifting and you're just playing. Yeah. And you're just kind of getting the feel. It's like an introduction sure. um, in any game, right? Absolutely. It's not the full experience. Right. It's the experience to let you learn how these things activate, learn the kind of the terminology on the cards before you understand like what's really the optimal time to maybe disease somebody or sure. put them on fire. Um, and <laughs> there's a difference between the two where fire spreads to your adjacent units, oh, wow. where disease gimps them from absorbing crystals. We have different items. You have strength and weaknesses, which change the ability of the amount of damage that the units do. So there's a there's a, a melee component to it, okay. where you're dealing damage just by um, starting to power them up, and then they have abilities. Um, then there's things that will, you can stun a unit, removing them from combat from one whole round. Um, there's poison, disease, and fire. These things, affect them differently. Um, so like disease is gonna affect your whole battle line. Oh. Um, so it's affecting everyone. Poison and fire are affecting a specific unit uh, through damage. And then you can uh, protect or shield your units to kind of counter those other effects. Oh, I see. And then we have a cleanse token, which would clean up your whole, your whole battle line from all effects. Oh, wow. So you have these different kind of ability, counter ability. And then once you move to the I understand all of this part, um, then you add action cards. Oh boy, okay, okay so more, here so we go. This, this throws in a complete new element because you don't know when things are gonna happen sure. that mimic 
things that are already on cards. Gotcha. So whereas you are waiting to uh, uh, activate him to use one of his abilities, you may have an upgrade in your hand and you want to add this to one of your units. Oh. So now he also can steal when he activates. Oh, cool. And then you have these actions, which are just one use usable like parts. Okay. It's like, I'm Consumable. now going to cleanse my units and they're oh, all, all of them. Yeah. Oh. So it's like, I think I really got ahead. I, I put a bunch of negative uh, uh, effect tokens on you and you go, you know what? Nope. We're going to cleanse. <laughs> yeah. They're all gone. And then um, you have like heal actions. Um, everything that's on a card is in there as an upgrade. Okay. So even though you're missing a certain keyword, your cards in here to then integrate it back into your strategy. I see. So like if you like a fire unit, yeah. uh, you can then add fire to one of your units. Okay. That's maybe they... ready to activate, slide on fire, activate them, and okay. now you just fire, put fire damage on me that I wasn't even oh. expecting. Right. Because I like, oh, this you is a weak unit. See, yeah. This is a weak unit. You're going to activate and heal a guy. I'm going to let that happen. But then you slap fire upgrade on him, right. and it's like, oh, man, now you hit me and my units are on, on fire. fire. So now, now I'm defending on something I wasn't expecting. That's good. So I these, like that a lot. These you have three, uh, three cards in your hand to start. Okay. And um, you can use them as one of your actions. You get three of them. So uh, you get three actions to use. Generally, it's going to be trying to make matches to power your units. Okay. But an action card, you can use one of the action cards as one of your actions. One of your three actions. One of your three potential actions. And then you can use an action to draw a card. Okay. Because you have three to start with. There is no recycle. There's no draw phase. You need to spend the action. You need to resource manage those three actions into units uh -huh. or actions. Any combination? Like I could just do three draws? Absolutely. Yep. Oh, okay. yeah. So if you if you need to refill your hand, you can burn a hand and say, I'm just going to draw three cards this turn. Um, and the benefit is you may have a guy ready to activate. And, I, and you say, well, uh, I'm, I don't need a crystal this turn. And I have no cards in my hand. Right. I'm going to draw three cards real quick. I'm going to put an upgrade on him and activate him this turn. Because he's already powered up. Right. So you can reserve the activation. You don't need to just charge him up and activate. Okay. So you can just wait, charge up, kind of sit back. Um, so those are the components that make up like the whole breadth of the game. Very cool. Uh, the, the, initial, the initial just demo would be simply four base units of level one. Okay. You would play with no action cards. Uh, you would play with no upgrade cards. So you're playing with basically what's in front of you okay. to understand first just how you're going to collect gems? What's that process like? How do you maintain this, the board state for the oh for a demo? Yeah, gotcha. for for I would call it a demo or an introduction. Introductory yeah, game. Yeah, because like you could, it would be a full game um, that you could play or stop at any time where yes. you felt like I think I got it. Let's go ahead and I like that. Up, I like adding those mod modular pieces yeah, to I, it. I think because so, especially if you're bringing a new person yeah. into the game. You just want to play. Yeah, yeah. you just want to play. Right. So and this is a, this is a get into it. I don't want to read the whole rule book right now. Right. Let's learn the basic mechanics. Yeah. This is what the monsters do. This is how the board interacts. This right. is how we charge up. This is how we deal damage. And then, oh, this guy has disease. What is that? Let's go and read that. Okay, cool. I'm going to disease your monster. And then you you build on the experience. And then once you feel like. I think we got it. Okay. Let's go ahead and play with the upgraded cards and see how that changes. Because it changes it a lot. When you have monsters that are dealing three damage instead of one, um, and they have multiple abilities triggering instead of one, um, they, this becomes a focal point, but it also becomes a lightning rod. It's doing right. a lot of damage. Yeah. So if you don't deal with that or address it, um, it, it could wipe your whole board. So the, the strategy concept is there. Um, my wife... So as I designed this, my wife, she's up there helping at the, the desk. Oh, she cool. um, she super likes this game. Like, she's not a gamer. Okay. She's not. She she'll play. Um, if I ask her to play Smash Up, 
she'll kind of play it. Right. She don't want to play it. I understand. Uh, she will play a DC deck builder. Okay. She loves DC deck builder. Yeah. I can get her to play that. Like, if I say any game to play, she'll say, can we play DC? Because she'll know that's enough for me. Okay. And it's her level two. I see. It's not like a Gloomhaven or, you know, right. it's not a minis game, two hours, three hour campaign. I my totally kids, that. My, my wife's kids, the same yeah, way. My kids will play and they'll look at the box and say, Dad, how many minutes? <laughs> how many minutes? <laughs> they don't care about the theme. Right. How many minutes? That's they'll awesome. see me open up the box set and they'll look like that's a lot of cards, it's a lot of stuff. How long is that game done? And it'll say, it's like 30 minutes. And they look at it, it says 60. That's great. That means it's 70 or 80. And they're like, we're not, we're not giving we're you not an giving hour. We're not giving you that. We're not giving you, you an get, hour. You get this much time, Dad. We'll give you, <laughs> We'll give you two games at 30 minutes. Sure. But we're not going to play one, one game. Yeah. But they will play, they, they enjoy DC Deck Builder as well. Yeah. When we have uh, friends come over and they'll jump in, we can play four or five people in DC Deck Builder. Yeah. They're fun with that. Awesome. If I get them to really pull teeth, they'll give me smash up. Okay. But they will attack the hell out of me the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, we're going to play you, but we're not going to let you win because we're going to be three on one. That's fantastic. Um, so that's what I get. In this game, <laughs> this game, my wife, when I was uh, prototyping it, um, she actually was like, when are you going to get the prototype? Because I kept having it in like, uh, in, in like a proto spiel okay. type sure, uh, condition. Sure. And she's like, it looks cool like that, but she's like, when are you going to prototype it? And she saw me working on all the design and she's like, are you are you printing it yet? Are you printing it? So finally I said, look, for Gen Con, obviously we're prepping, um, I'll have everything ready. So we played it in prototype form for okay. a couple weeks leading up to it to get a feel for visually how it plays. And she was she was really into it. Like, awesome. Each day, like, when, I knew when she was gonna be a hard critic, so that's <laughs> yeah. she will tell me like like your your game your game sucks. <laughs> like this is not fun. And and cool. Well, that's I, I, good, you know, I, you want that. Though. Tell me that because who else is gonna tell you that? I don't wanna sit across somebody who's like playing my game and not gonna tell me it sucks. Right. Because they're sure. gonna be nice. They're gonna be like, well, it was nice and it was fun, like, and I get it. And I'm, I'm not soft. Like, sure. I could, I could take criticism. I don't think you can be in this. In you this, can. Uh, if you your know, skin is industry. thin, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead. Sure. Uh, because 90% rejection. It's. I, I always compare it to people who think they're actors. Yeah. Right. It's. You're gonna go to a lot of auditions, and they're all gonna tell you no. Yeah. And I will talk to uh, publishers, and I'll send out a sell sheet, and they'll be like, "We're not interested." It's right. defeating, right? Because it's rejection. Sure. Who likes rejection? Sure. Nobody, right? And it kind of it bums you out. And it's like, man, I really wish they would have like liked to see it, and then tell me they don't like it. Correct. But like face value, they don't like it. It's like, man, do I not have even something? But they're so genre specific. Absolutely, that's, that that's I where can't. That I can't really just take all from. I don't like it. Right. They don't like it because it's not a fit for them. I right? see. Like they only like color red, and I'm showing them purple. Oh, and, you know oh, what okay. I mean? Like it's just, it's just not going to match. Yeah. And I, I was get talking that. to a friend. That, I'm also a musician, and we were talking cool. about bookings. And yeah, I'm like, it's yeah. the exact same thing. Like, you know, what are you going to do? You, yeah. you go to a five bars, and we're like, we're not going to uh, book you. Yeah. And then you get somebody who does. Cool, I got a gig, right? It. Like, it, it is what it is. And from, I'm not a uh, graphic designer by any means. I designed all of the board state items. Okay. The uh, the card art is not. It's it's um it's open source art from a, from a, a development kit. So it's all it's, it's all allowed uh, it's, you can use it commercially if you want to but I mean from an aesthetic standpoint it meshes well and this yes. is the style I like so I went with an artistic style that would be comparable to what I would like but as a publisher I don't care like for, for them if they went and said this would be cool as zombies in our board state I'd say if you want to buy it as a zombie game oh so it's it. like open theme basically uh, yeah I mean this could be themed in a lot of different ways sure and it's you know it's it's a battler we're going to be uh, strategically battling but if they were if they were pirates and you sure. change it from gems to uh, to beer kegs and rum yeah like you could play it that you way could. right so like I don't mind this is 
a good mechanical representation of what I think the game can play. Okay. And the feedback I've got on that is that is good. Yes. So for me, cool. I, I think yes. at some point it'll land in somebody's space that says, sure. um, I, I like it. And if it doesn't, then we'll kickstart it. And we'll see right. what it does direct to Kickstart. You know what I mean? And so either way, I'm comfortable. I'm I'm not a big pitcher. I, I don't pitch games. This is my first Gen Con, even bringing games to pitch. Oh, cool. So, okay, well, um, awesome. so I'm new to pitching. Uh, I've seen a lot of people in the design space do it. I'm friends with a lot of publishers, sure. people who design games. I've seen what it takes. It's a lot. It is a lot. A ton. And it's expensive. It's expensive. Okay, we're running 100, 140 events. That's not. You're running Dice Throne? Dice Throne, qualifiers. You should have one left. Yeah. Um, so you know Dice Run Adventures? Yes. The, the, yes. The I, haven't, I, I, right. I saw it. So, I don't um, about it. So Manny at Roxley, and he's here with us. Um, I think he's coming by again at 3. He was here last night. We, okay. we uh, demoed with him. So we were playing the Dice Run Adventure. We got to the boss. And uh, I keep looking at that game, and it's like a, a Diablo or World of Warcraft. Right. You have a deck that starts out minimal, and you have to dungeon crawl to find cards to add to your deck. Oh, cool! And I didn't actually know Then, the you, then your right, deck awesome. develops and gets more powerful over time, right. which let you defeat minions more powerful than you. You get gold, so it's like a, a that kind of a crunch. Sure. And then you get a boss at the end that's just crazy ridiculous. Right. And we had the barbarian, and it was just fitting that we got the barbarian. What Manny's sitting there, and uh, Rory from We Have Games was playing, and it was me. And he was rolling the dice for the Barbarian in the boss fight on this last battle. And he rolls an uh, ultimate, party wipes us. Oh, no. It was, like, oh, no. perfectly fitting. Um, we all died from a party wipe from a Barbarian on natural ultimate three rolls. That's fantastic. And uh, game ended. Oh, but my he's going to be demoing here. Okay. Um, we're running the qualifier tournament. The two winners of the championship of that win the Dice Throne Adventures Pledge. Oh. So people are really interested in that. Sure. And then sure. they get some season one stuff. And uh, we have uh, play mats, a ton of play mats. We have one session left at one o'clock. Oh, you do? Huh? We do. If you're interested in it, yeah. I, I think we could fit you in. Oh, yeah? Which is starting, uh, that's the next tournament that I yeah, actually I'd had her to. come. So just move you from here right to the tables behind. And uh, you get good. one of the last spots. I, I want to do it. Cool. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank so, you. Good um, timing. Yeah, I like this uh, idea. I like the uh, the upgrade system especially. It's right. really cool. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to just completely, completely work out. Um, those components of it. I think your idea of switching to the visual, because everything's visual in this game exactly. except for the numbers. Except for that, yeah. yeah. So that would make it a little cleaner. Yep, yep. Um, and it, it, it stops, uh, what we've found is it, you get token overload as well. Okay. That stopped the token overload. Because it would just be like, oh, I got a blue and I got a yellow and now I need a white. Visually, you can connect what you're missing. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, that's smart. That I like that a lot. It, and it speeds it up because it removes the numerics straight down into you just need threes. Yeah. And we could keep it simple. He needs three reds. Yes. It's easier to match, but you still need three connected. Plus, the less the less text you have and less numbers, yep. you don't translate something, anything. Something, yep. Yep, something removed, something removed. We can go with icons yep. to match our representative. Like, I could put a disease icon down here. Instead of saying disease, heal, yeah. just put the, the icon down sure. there. So just from that, I think that speeds things up. I like the uh, moving gravity too. It, yeah. It could be a space theme at that point. Right. You know, it could be It all so works open. out. It all works out. And uh, this is thematically what I wanted to design. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I like but it. I, I don't, I'm not tied to my designs like a baby. <laughs> okay. These, these, these are up for adoption sure. at any time, yeah. right? So uh, that, that's well, definitely not a, a, a tied designer to me. If somebody tells me this would be great, you know, as a, as a space Martian game, I'd be like, "Cool, yeah. let's do Why that." Not? Maybe asteroids or something like that. Yeah, yeah. very I, cool. I think you can pick out 
iconography that would fit another theme. Sure. If it's a zombie theme, food and, you know, and resources. You know, people like different themes. There be different options. Yeah. Cool. And, and even if they like one game, they might like it in two themes. Right. Exactly. I like pirates in space, but and you could change some of the mechanics, tweaks. Sure. To make Add it slightly different. A new but, status effect. Exactly. Or something. exactly. Drunkenness for pirates. Sure. <laughs> All right. Last question, of course. Yes. I'm a beer and board game podcast. Awesome. If you were going to pair this game with a beer, yes. are you a beer drinker? I am a beer drinker. What would you pair it with? Wow. You think? I know it's an on-the-spot question. It is on-the-spot question. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I would say, like, what would I drink while I'm playing this? Well, we. So my my take was, I went to the Ram. Have you been to that yes. brewery yet? Yep. So yep. they have they have Worms Blood IPA, like Dragon Worms. So that's what I was thinking. I was. Well, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I. If it was like something exotic like that, yeah. I mean, I have to look. I'd have oh, to sure, look, sure. I'd have to look. Well, what do you like drinking if you're? Um, I'm like I'm like I'm a hyphen wisein. Oh, have a, um, yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, me and my wife, we love uh, the uh, grapefruit hyphen wisens. Oh, sure. Those are awesome drinks. Very like, cool. They're nice, not too sweet. Nice buzz. Yeah. Good alcohol in it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a stout drinker. Oh yeah, I so got I go the other direction. I'm a hop head. My so, buddy's a sour guy. Yeah, you know, so. So. I could drink a Guinness every once in a while, oh, sorry, yeah. but um, like I would avoid it. I've tried like those chocolate stouts, coffee stouts. Yeah, I it's just a little that. thick. It feels like uh, it's just too much. Yeah, it's not a beer. It's not. I like refreshing beers. I want to be able to that? drink my beer and just yeah. Have, have I'm a in the cultures right now. Cultures yeah, my thing. It's like cool. a lighter term. Anyway, yeah. And, and, I, and I love I love basically craft craft brewers. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. I love to go to like a craft brewery yeah. and do like a, a flight. You can be like, let me try those eight. Absolutely. And then just go down the list. Yeah. I'll start from like the sweets and so like the you know the blondes and just go straight across. Sure. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not a snob. When well, it comes I to beers, definitely <laughs> yeah. I understand no, no. that you know like that 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 genre. Yeah. Um, I just like I'm into flavor. Absolutely. Same if, here. If That's what it boils down for to. Beer, I'm into it. Down to. I have a friend who does craft beers oh, and really? he did a Neapolitan ice cream. What? It that was sounds ridiculous. Awesome. Oh, okay. It That's was cool. so good. Um, he brought it to a like a craft brewery experience, and he had like one one uh, pony keg. Yeah, one pony keg done, and it made like maybe. 30 drinks, 60 drinks. Yeah. And I mean, people just loved it. Do you, remember, him. do you remember when we did the, the, the who, who made that Neapolitan beer um, from uh, your, friend's, oh, your friend's husband yeah. or was it somebody else? Oh, it yes, his. it was his. It was his. Yes, it was, it was like a, um, yeah, Neapolitan um, ice cream beer. Her that friend's husband good. crafts beer. For Funky Buddha. Funky Buddha. Yeah. Funky Buddha. He entered yeah. it. Yeah. He yeah. entered into yeah. a competition and he won. We're, we're originally wow. from South Florida. Funky okay. Buddha, their breweries there. Yes. So yes. Uh, he would always go and submit his oh. beers. I don't think there was a, I don't think he ever named it. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But he did, yeah. He brews all the time. So I'm excited to jump into all our three duffel bags full of board games from Gen Con. Yeah, dude, right? You got a lot of, uh, got a lot of video ideas coming to mind. Yeah. If you guys have any ideas for skits we should do, be sure to email us at tablehopspodcast at gmail.com. What do you got coming up, Chris? So we, um, I'll go gonna... back to work soon. <laughs> I don't want to do don't it. Don't be so sad. I can't. I've only had 66 days <laughs> off. <laughs> it's crazy. But it's gone by. It has gone by. In a flash. I know. It's been nuts. So we're going to be revitalizing our monthly game nights here soon. Yeah, hopefully in October we'll be uh, starting that up again. Be on the lookout. If there's anything that you guys want us to play or teach, let us know. Um, either send us a voice message or uh, email us at tablehopspodcast at gmail.com. Neat. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Table Hops Podcast. Be sure to visit us at tablehopspodcast.com, leave us an iTunes review, or visit us on social media at Table Hops Podcast. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube and email us your feedback and questions to tablehopspodcast at gmail.com. 
And remember, good beers, good games, great great times. times!